Welcome to Her Art Podcast, a project for art lovers, especially art created by women. In our fifth episode, we will talk about Amalia Lindagren, the first Swedish woman to be awarded a scholarship to study abroad. My name is Nata Andreev and I'm going to tell you seven curious facts that you didn't know about this quietly modest and brilliantly talented artist as she rises from humble beginnings in Stockholm to become a celebrated portrait painter of the elite. It will be amazing if you could join me for the 16th session of my weekend study group project this Sunday, May 26th. We will discuss women artists who shaped the Futurism and Dada movements. Curious fact number one. Lindegren was born in Stockholm in 1814. Her mother, Anna Katarina Lindegren, died when Amalia was just three years old. Anna was married to caretaker Anders Lindgren, but he was not Amalia's father. Following her mother's death, Amalia was adopted by the wealthy widow of her alleged biological father, the nobleman Benjamin Sandals. As the daughter of a poor mother adopted by a rich family, she received an education typical of that for an upper-middle-class girl, including learning French, music, and most importantly for Amalia, drawing. As a young woman, Amalia's portraits, simple pencil chalk or charcoal profiles, impressed her family and friends. Curious fact number two. Through the 40s, uh, Amalia's artistic education developed. At the age of 28, she enrolled in a drawing school, becoming a student of another female artist, Sofia Andelsberger. The sculptor Carl Gustav Kvanström who taught at the Royal Swedish Academy of Fine Arts, took a great interest in Amalia's work and wanted to develop her talents. Up until that point, the Academy, the only school of art in Sweden, did not admit women as regular students. Five years later, Kvanström was able to get Lindegren admitted to the Academy's lower antique school as an extra student. There, Amalia studied for about two years, honing her portraiture skills by drawing from plaster casts of antique sculptures. However, she was not allowed to attend life classes. It would be another decade and a half before women were accepted as regular students. After exhibiting portraits, Lindegren was appointed as an associate member of the Royal Swedish Academy of Fine Arts in 1850 and a full member several years later. Through her education, Amalia was one of only a small number of female students. At the academy, she studied with 30 men, but only up to five other women. Curious fact number three. At 36 years old, she became the first Swedish woman to be awarded a scholarship to travel and study art abroad. Making the award, the Royal Swedish Academy of Fine Arts deemed that Lindegren was an independent artist who pursued her studies seriously and assiduously. However, although Amalia was awarded her scholarship, she was an unmarried woman and so deemed, according to Swedish law, a minor, incapable of managing her own affairs and who therefore needed to have a chaperone. Come on, are you freaking kidding me? 
How humiliating is that? Curious fact number four. Traveling outside Sweden, Amalia's journey to Paris, the international art capital of the era. There, she expanded her repertoire to include genre painting, scenes depicting ordinary people going about their everyday life. She also spent time in Germany. In Munich, she became involved with an artistic circle associated with historical painting, and in Dusseldorf, with an influential center for art, whose artists were interested in painting folk costumes and costumes. Producing artwork was an important element of the scholarship. Linda Grin wrote to the Academy of Fine Arts to inform them that she had completed a painting depicting a man in Turkish dress, head and shoulders, in Munich in 1854. She also spent time traveling through Denmark and visited Italy, studying in Rome. Curious fact number five. Amalia returned to Stockholm six years later and continued to live an independent life. She rented a studio and tried to establish herself as a portrait painter, a secure way for an artist to earn a living. The versatility of Lindgren's artistic skills can be seen in the work she produced in Stockholm. She was commissioned to paint portraits of Stockholm and Sweden's high society. In 1859, Amalia painted portraits of the new king and queen, Carl XV and Louisa. Royal commissions continued, and in 1865, she painted the portrait of Sophia, the king's sister-in-law. Many of these fashionable portraits were reproduced in newspapers and magazines, bringing fame to the name Amalia Lindegren. Curious fact number six. In addition to portraits, Lindegren liked to paint sentimental paintings with motifs taken from everyday life. In 1857, Amalia took a study trip to Dalarna, her mother's home province in central Sweden. She was inspired by the people, their clothing and traditions, and created idolized paintings which celebrated their peasant way of life. Her painting, The Last of the Bad Little One, from 1858, became one of the most well-known paintings in Sweden at that time. It shows a peasant cottage where a family mourned their deceased infant in a cradle. Amalia's paintings were exhibited around Europe, in London, Dublin, Paris, and Vienna. They even crossed the Atlantic and were exhibited in Philadelphia and in Chicago in 1893. Curious fact number seven. She was known for her devotion to her art. During her time at the Royal Swedish Academy of Fine Arts, Linda Grin usually signed her pictures, a courageous act indeed at a time when most women were listed in catalogs as anonymous. In 1853, one of Sweden's leading newspapers commented on Linda Grin's work with what at the time passed for a compliment. She paints just like a man. A very troublesome comment that makes sense only if you live in the 1850s, okay? In the 60s, her artistic success was seen as an inspiration to supporters of women's rights and a strong argument for eventually admitting women to the academy.
Thank you so much for listening to the fifth episode of Her Art Podcast, a project for art lovers, especially art created by women. If you want to follow more of what we do, find us on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget about our monthly giveaways. Share your favorite artwork created by a female artist and be rewarded with feminist stickers. Tune in next month when I'm going to tell you about Olga Rozanova, one of the few women attached to movements such as Kubo Futurism and Suprematism. See you later! Yeah.